I really do get to brag on these men because they, they're servants, and you'll see them serving all over the church, and uh, they, they do it not under compulsion. They don't do it to be seen. They don't ask for a special coffee cup that sets them apart. Uh, and in fact, uh, these are not men that even asked for the role. They just didn't. They're not guys that walk up and put their hand out and say, I'm your new elder. Uh, but they're servants. And uh, that's really what it is. Uh, it is to be a servant. Well, this morning, let's open our Bibles. Everybody say, Word. word. And Mike, don't forget, I have your, uh, your certificate here and, and something to hold on to. Uh, we'll make sure it gets framed and gets to you. So we're opening our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're continuing our verse-by-verse study of the Gospel of Matthew. By the way, uh, that, is, that is how we teach here at Firewall Bible Fellowship, verse-by-verse, passage-by-passage, chapter-by-chapter. And there's a reason why we do that, because we believe that that is the root of sound biblical teaching. Family, make sure you put yourself in a place where the Bible is taught verse-by-verse. And there's a reason for that. It's, it's for our spiritual life. We draw our spiritual nutrition from the scriptures. This past week, I had three different occasions to hear from three different people in the church tell me how much they appreciate that we are about verse-by-verse teaching and how much that blesses them in their spiritual life. They're like, we come, we bring our Bibles, and we study, and we grow. And uh, what a blessing that is, just to hear people from different places in spiritual maturity share the same thing uh, about what God is doing through the scriptures in their life. Well, we're in Matthew 7, we're, we're making our way to, it's like the home stretch of the Sermon on the Mount. We've covered a lot of ground in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and, and we're, we're getting into this 7th chapter, really into the meat of the 7th chapter. And uh, this morning we're going to look at these, this in, incredible incredible invitation uh, that is extended to us. Jesus is like, this is how you approach the Father. You know, when we think of God Almighty, but then we think of Him as Heavenly Father. You know, at our house, our kids ask us for a lot of things, constantly. Like, they're constantly asking us for stuff. And it's simple stuff, right? Like food, you know? Like basic stuff. Like we're hungry. They're always hungry. Like we go to Aldi, and it looks like we're hoarders. We're not hoarders. It's normal to get four gallons of milk, 72 eggs, and two carts full, right? That's totally normal. Anyway, so they ask us for stuff, constantly ask. Well, I say that. It was funny because I always ask the family, like, hey, can I use a personal illustration uh, on, on Sunday morning? And I share with them the personal illustration, and Madeline goes, wait, 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 wait. Ask you? No, no, no. They're always asking me. And it's true. Because at the house, the most popular word, uh, the most common word, is the word mama. <laughs> I mean, I could literally be standing there, and they will bypass me. <laughs> Where's mama? And I'm like, I'm right here. I, you can ask me. Where's mama? And they go seek her out, you know? And sometimes she locks herself in the room, like, to do, like, common basic things, like take a shower, right? And they're, like, knocking on the door, like, asking, seeking, knocking. And what's crazy is our kids are not bashful. They're not bashful at all. They're persistent. They will keep asking, seeking, knocking until they get an answer. And in many ways, and I saw that this week, and I went, that's how we're supposed to approach our Father in heaven. Yeah, in that kind of posture. 
Well, this morning, before we get to our primary passage, we're going to look at two important teachings that kind of get sandwiched in uh, to Matthew chapter 7. And a lot of people kind of scratch their heads and they're like, what are these, what are these verses doing here? And try to understand how they all fit. Well, while they are a, li- a bit clumsy, as we look through Matthew chapter 7, they have a perfect place in the Christian's life. And so, like I said, verse by verse, so we look at every single verse. And so we're going to look at chapter 7, verses 6. 6 and 12 before we get to verses 7 through 11. So Matthew 7 verse 6 says this, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. And then Matthew 7 12, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Well, chapter 7 verse 6 I want you to write in your Bible, in the margin of your Bible, I want you to write discernment. Discernment. You see, as Christians, we need discernment. Not everything in your spiritual life is for public consumption. I know this is going to sound crazy, but not everything in your life is supposed to be on social media, right? There are some things that are just not, not to be shared with the world. Like every single week, you see somebody share some blessing on Facebook or on social media, and then all of a sudden people are ridiculing and tearing them down, and and here's the picture. There are certain holy things in our life. They're not for everybody, okay? There are certain things that have been set apart to be shared with those who are going to rejoice in those things. When When Jesus references dogs and pigs, he's not talking about real animals. He's talking about spiritually sick people. That there are spiritually sick people in our life, and they don't want to hear about spiritual things, and they will attack people that are spiritual. And we have to be discerning. Okay, when I first became a believer, I was so excited. I thought all my friends were going to be excited too. So I busted into their house. There's just a house full of dudes, and I walked in, and I turned off the charger game. First mistake. (laughs) I wasn't very discerning. Or loving, apparently, because they obviously responded with, turn the game back on. And I was like, no, 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 guys, check this out. I met Jesus, and I want you to know him too. And I'm sitting there talking about Jesus, and they were like, turn the game back on. And they started making jokes and all that, so I turned the game back on, and as I walked away, you know what they said? I heard one of my friends yell out, you'll be back. You'll be back. You'll follow Jesus for a short period of time and you'll be back. You see, that wasn't for them at that time. You know, over the years, I've earned the right to share the gospel with my friends, but at that moment, that wasn't for them. Be discerning with the spiritual things in your life. And then the second teaching that we look at in Matthew 7, 12 is really summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love people. Be the kind of person that you want others to be to you. Don't be a dog or a pig. Okay? If somebody has something amazing in their life, don't trample it under your feet. If somebody's sharing something amazing and spiritual, or maybe a testimony of what God's done, don't chew it up like a dog chews up a toy. All right? Be loving. Amen? All right. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. I want you to have your pens ready, because I want you to underline some really important words. And by the way, this is what I do every single week. I write out the passage, I underline it, I circle stuff. Always look for repetition. Ask, underline that. And it will be given you. Seek, underline that. 
and you will find. Knock, underline that, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and to the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote this concerning this passage. He says, I cannot imagine a better, more cheering, or more comforting statement with which to face all the uncertainties and hazards of our life in this world and time. There's a lot of things we're anxious about, aren't, isn't there? Would you all agree? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are, that are worrisome. Yeah. It's one of those great comprehensive and gracious promises which are only to be found in the Bible. Oh, the blessing that is ours, that we have the Scriptures, that we can turn to them and we can receive such encouraging words as we find here, that we're being invited into a true and intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And you know, for a relationship to truly find intimacy, for there to be true intimacy in a relationship, there needs to be continuous communication. It's like the story uh, of the husband and wife. The wife turned to her husband and says, "Hun, why don't you tell me you love me? To which the husband replied, well, I told you at the altar that I love you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. But that right there, that, that reveals how that really takes away from intimacy. Like we're supposed to tell our spouses, we're supposed to tell our kids and our friends and our family, often, we, I love you. See, love is the shortest distance between two hearts. And our Father in heaven, He loves us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He's inviting us into a relationship with us. The lines of communication are open. And like children, we're to approach our Father with all of our needs. Just like our kids, we ask, we seek, we knock, Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. Those three key verbs, ask, seek, knock. I'm told that in the Greek, in the original languages, which by the way, my mentor always tells me, leave the Greek out of the messages. Greek is good, study the Greek, but it's like underwear. You have it, but you don't show it to everybody. Anyway, it's important here though. <laughs> Don, if you're listening, I love you. If you're watching, I love you. Thank you. Ask, seek, knock. But it's in the present tense, which speaks of continuous action. So really how this would read is ask, keep asking, seek, keep seeking, knock, keep knocking. This is continuous action. Jesus here is teaching us how to pray. Like the posture that we take in prayer, it's like all formality melts away. You know, where we, we feel like we've got to approach him with like certain rules, and this is how I approach. Our, our kids don't think about that, right? Like our kids aren't like, uh, okay, what's the most appropriate way? No, they're like, mama, 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 mama. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And you will notice here that there is no description 
or specifics of what we are supposed to approach our Father with. And, and really, this tells me that this is an open invitation. That we are invited to talk to our Father in heaven about everything and anything. That we can bring every part of our life to our Heavenly Father every single day to talk to our Father, to seek our Father, and to pursue Him, to knock on the door of heaven, you know? Kind of like that Bob Dylan song remade by Guns N' Roses, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and we're given these three comforting assurances. I mean, think about this, the promises. You can take these to the spiritual bank. Ask Keep asking, it will be given. Seek and keep seeking, you will find. Knock, keep knocking, and it will be opened. You will notice it doesn't say might. You know, the Lord's not, he's not like, well, if you keep asking it, it might happen. You, you might find it. it, it might be open. No, the Lord says, it will, it will, it will. Matthew 7, 8. For everyone. That seems like an all-inclusive statement, doesn't it? Who is this, who is this invitation open to? Eh, those really spiritual people, right? All right? Those people who are really close to God. Now, everyone. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. This is speaking of a continuous, persistent, and constant prayer life. You know, being honest, there are days and, and sometimes groups of days that just go by. And I'll look up and I'm like, have I really been talking to you, Father? Have I, have I really been in, in communication? Like, have we, been, have we been talking? Have I been listening? You know, I can wake up and I can get about my day and I got things to do. And God, if I, if I need something from you, I'll let you know. I'm real busy being a pastor here. All the while, I'm missing out on what I need most. You see, what I need more than anything, what my soul needs more than anything, is a true and abiding relationship with my Heavenly Father. That's what my soul aches for, just like my children ache for a relationship with their father and, and our spouses ache for a relationship with us, our souls as children of God, we ache for a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we, we try to heal and soothe that ache with so many different things. But it is only our Father in Heaven who will satisfy our soul. And the beauty of what we read here is that there is a reward. That when we seek Him this way, and we ask and we knock, we are rewarded. It reminds me of what we studied in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Just a page prior, where Jesus says this, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father. Whose Father? Your Father. Our Father 
who sees in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's a reward. You see, we ask, and we keep asking, and we receive. We seek and keep seeking, and we find. And we knock, and we keep knocking, and the door is open. Jesus uses this wonderful, comforting illustration, one that I saw on display just this week. Matthew 7, verse 9. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? You know, here's the deal. If our kids ask for basic food, parents, we're going to give our kids basic food, right? I mean, something is spiritually significantly off if we won't even meet the basic needs of our children. And here's what's crazy. Full disclosure. I am an S-C-S-C. Okay? I am a self-centered sin creature. Okay? That is who I am by nature. And, and if it wasn't for Christ and the, the miracle, sovereign work that he's doing in my life, that is how I would live life. And here's the miracle. Even as a self-centered sin creature... I still want to give good things to my children. How much more is the argument Jesus makes in verses 10 through 11? Or verse 11. If you then who are evil, what he's saying, even though compared to God, we are all self-centered sin creatures, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Listen to this. How much more will your father Y'all, I don't know who I'm saying this to. But I feel some of us need to have a redefining of who Father is. You know, not every one of us grew up with a good father. Some of us grew up without a father. You know, some of us, the definition of father is really messed up. Some of us had great fathers and still do. But we do need to redefine who Father is. You see, our Father, He's good, and He's kind, and He's gracious. He is love. He loves us so much, He sent His Son to the cross. He didn't spare His own Son. Romans 8, 32 says, He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He, along with Him, not freely give you all things? I remember the first time I, I, I talked to my Father in heaven in a prayer. I was scared to. See, to me, Father was scary. Father was vindictive and violent. And for the first time in a prayer meeting at El Camino Christian Fellowship, like brand new Christian, I start just pouring tears as I talk to my father for the first time. And that was the moment where God started redefining who Father is. Fathers, be careful with how you father. Be a good father. Be a good grandfather. Because in many ways, your children and grandchildren will find your example as a part of their definition of father. Listen to this. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? See, this is a redefining See, our Father gives us good things. 
We can ask our Father in heaven for anything and everything. And we should expect that we will receive. And I know some of us are like, hey, hold up, man, preacher man. Because there's plenty of things I've prayed for. And uh, the lottery ticket, it didn't work. You know what I mean? And some of us have prayed for some really important, significant things. And those prayers didn't seem to be answered. You know, I'll, I'll look at it first from, from the, just kind of the nature of sometimes we pray really self-focused stuff, right? Like we ask our Father for anything and everything. Our kids can do that, but that does not mean we give our children everything and anything. Okay? That would not be leaven. Because there's times where our kids, they just want candy, right? Like in cookies and pizza and hamburgers and french fries. And, and as we get older, right, we still want sweets, right? We want that new car. We want the big bank account. We want all this stuff. We're like, this is going to make me happy. This relationship's going to make me happy. And, and so we, we turn to things. Like, we're going to make us happy. And God, you want me to have this relationship because you know it's going to make me happy. And all the while, God's like, that will not make you happy. I know, I know, I know this new car is going to make me so happy. God's like, that's the very thing that will drive your heart right away from me. See, our Father has promised to give us good things. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way. See, our definition is, is sometimes messed up. Because the, the greatest thing that he gives us is Jesus and of the Holy Spirit. He has invested effort, uh, investment, in making us more like his son, Jesus. That means refining. That means some of the good things in our life hurt. They're uncomfortable. They heat things up. I'm like, I don't really like that. Sometimes the good things in our life, they don't come until after we're looking back and we go, I see, God, how you used that terrible circumstance for good. Yeah. But every good thing comes down from our Father in heaven. Every good and perfect gift, tells us, uh, James tells us, we need to remind ourselves that if God gave us everything we wanted when we wanted it, have you ever met a, a child like that? Have you ever met a child that has been given everything they want when they want it? I mean, I'm in a grocery store. I'm like, I'm about to give your kid a spanking. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. Like, I recognize, like, but sometimes you're like, you want to be like, mom, dad, dude, they're going to be an adult one day. Sometimes we act like that, don't we? I want what I want, and I want it now. <laughs> and the Lord's like, eh, you just need a spanking. <laughs> so what are some of the things we should, we should daily ask for? I think, you know, starting with thanks, Thanksgiving, I got a reminder of this. Lord, get down on my knees to just say, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me from death. Thank you for the continuous work of salvation that I experience 
every single day. Where we ask him, Lord, today, can you please help me not be so self-focused? Please keep me from being dishonest. Please save me from being a self-centered sin creature. I can be a blessing to others today. Lord, I pray for my daily bread. Just pray for the basics, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, what is your will today? Lord, give me a posture of surrender. Make me dependent upon you. That today I may honor you and follow you. Show me who I can share the gospel with. It's a great opportunity. Lord, I know so-and-so, they're going through this. I want to lift this up to you right now. Please be with my brother or sister. It's where we ask and we seek and we knock. And, and not just saying amen and we just go about our day, but we do it throughout the day. Do you ever get to a point in your life and during your day where you don't know what to do? You ever get faced with like a, I don't know, a crossroads of some sort and you're like, huh, I didn't see this coming. What's the answer? I have no idea. You ever not know what to do, but you make, an, you make a decision anyway? How does that work out? It's like a 50-50, isn't it? But wouldn't it be amazing if we reached a point where we just don't know what to do and we just stopped and prayed? Father, I don't know what to do right now. Can you please show me? You know, it, it's a continuous asking, seeking, knocking. And here, here's what happens. The more we do this, the more our relationship with our Heavenly Father grows and the more we see Him answer with good things. And so let's, let's close this morning with just a few thoughts, closing applications. I, I want to say first, be careful with your holy things. Those testimonies in your life. You know, some of us, like God's redeeming some really messy circumstances. And all people, some, of, uh, some people in our life, all they can see is your mess. But they can't see the miracle. Be discerning. Not everything's for Facebook. But do share those things here in the community of believers. Find brothers and sisters to share them with. And brothers and sisters, rejoice with those who rejoice. Bear the burdens of those who are burdened. Love one another. Be the kind of person you want others to be to you. you know, Jesus tells us. That means love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Secondly, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. I feel like this morning there may be somebody in here, and you want to ask God. You want to ask your father for something, but you're scared to. I don't know if anyone can relate to this. If you have something in your life right now where you're like, I don't really want to ask Father for this. I'm just scared he's going to say no. You know, my kids do that. Sometimes they bypass me looking for Mama because they already make up their mind what I'm going to say. They just expect a no. Approach Father expecting a yes. Now, it may not be the yes you want. It may not be the yes you think you want or need. But whatever it is that thing you're scared to ask God for, bring it to Him. If you're seeking direction, you don't know which way to turn. Ask Him. 
Father, which way do I turn? Father, I'm going to wait until you answer. I'm not going to make a decision until you do. Don't be bashful. Go looking for him. Go knocking on the door. Ask, 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 ask. And you will receive. And then third and finally, where it all begins, is when we ask him for salvation. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he's risen. And the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord, all who call on Jesus will be saved. That is where the spiritual life began. That is where my spiritual life began uh, 20 plus years ago in a little prayer room. And so if you desire to know Jesus or you want to ask more about how you become a Christian, I want you to come up after the service. I'm going to be hanging out up front. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a Christian. Uh, Because that's where the spiritual life begins. When we ask. And oh my gosh. (laughs) What you receive. (laughs) It's out of this world. It's straight up eternal. Lord, we thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your goodness. And uh, Jesus, thank you for showing us this morning how we are to approach our Father in heaven. That, that, Lord Jesus, when you were here on earth, when you prayed to your Father in heaven, Lord, you were asking and seeking and knocking. You were in communion. You were in relationship. And you were modeling for us. Lord, just as your disciples stumbled upon you praying, and they asked, teach us to pray, and you taught them how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be uh, uh, children, spiritual children. Before you, our Heavenly Father, asking, seeking, knocking. In the quietness of your heart, ask Him, what is that thing you want to ask Him for? Ask Him. What is that one thing you're seeking? Ask Him. What is that door that you're knocking on right now? Ask Him. All right, family, let's stand together and stretch. (laughs) If you're a guest this morning, thank you for being here. I'd love to meet you. Uh, After the service, I'll be up here. If you want to know about Jesus or how to become a Christian, come on up. But now it's time to go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Till we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Now let's lavish that love on one another as we prepare to take that love outside these doors. Have a great week.